I'm thankful that uh, we have power, and uh, several of you pray for our linemen. We got several linemen in our church that are uh, out there working and uh, away from their families, so you be praying for them. And uh, I did. Did I see the Casey's here this morning? Didn't I see them somewhere? All right, Dave and, and Callie, and then uh, I know I seen Libby earlier. I talked to Libby. She's she's. She's here, all right. So uh, anyhow, Libby went out to smoke a cigarette. Y'all pray for Libby. And, uh, but, uh, but several of our linemen, who else we got that are linemen in our church? And uh, Trace, and uh, yes, Trace Touchton, uh, he's out there. And uh, man, I appreciate everyone uh, that uh, has a family member or anything like that. Be good to them guys. We told, I told Jesse, uh, he got sausage left over, and he's going to take it to the lineman, and we're going to put our address on it. And, uh, and with a note that says there's more where this came from, amen. And so, anyhow, I don't know that it'll work, but uh, anyhow, we are going to try it, all right? And uh, we, <laughs> uh, anyhow, but uh, I, I'm, I sure am thankful, and I'm thankful for Jesse, and, uh, and uh, he's been a blessing helping us uh, there at the house and, uh, and the neighbors and everything. And man, it's been uh, everybody pulling together, and I sure appreciate uh, everybody that's uh, helped out. And uh, like I said, if you have any needs, you let us know about that, all right? Um, in Acts chapter number 16, uh, I'm just going to read a few verses, uh, really, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at this. I won't preach long and uh, I want to worship this morning. I've enjoyed my worship already, uh, but looking forward to what God's going to do, still looking forward to what God's going to continue to do. Uh, if you're in Acts chapter number 16, I want you to say amen. amen. We'll begin reading in verse number 22. But before we get there, I'd just like to lay some groundwork that uh, Paul uh, here is with Silas. Uh, now, a lot has changed in Paul's life. All right, how many of you know that change is not always easy? And a lot has changed in Paul's life. If you go back into Acts chapter number 15, you'll find out that uh, one of Paul's mentors, Barnabas, and him had a great argument. There was great contention amongst them because uh, uh, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. And uh, John Mark had left the excursion of the first uh, uh, missionary journey, and he had gone back home, and it upset Paul. And so now when Barnabas is wanting to bring him for the second journey, uh, Paul's immediate thoughts are, he'll never last. He won't make it. And so there was a great argument between the two of them. Now, I'd love to preach on John Mark. Because the truth is, is that God had other plans for John Mark. And though it wasn't in Paul's company or uh, uh, Paul's group, God greatly used John Mark. Now, say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, we have the book of Mark that was written while he wasn't with Paul. I need somebody to help me. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Paul, Paul thought his mission was great, but God's mission was greater. And so he used Mark, or John Mark, to write uh, the book of Mark to us from the viewpoint, really, of, Saint, of Simon Peter. And so we have in Mark uh, the picture of a suffering Savior. And God gives us that through the eyes and the writing of John Mark, whom Paul was upset with. 
So Paul has some changes going on in his life. Not only has God changed his company who was hanging around him, but now God is changing his direction. They were going to go back and they were going to visit where they had gone the first time, but now God sends him to a new place. In chapter number 16, we find that God would not allow Paul to go into Asia Minor, which is the city of Ephesus, where Ephesus was located. And so Saul, or Paul rather, sought to go to Bithynia, which was uh, uh, Asia Minor from where he was traveling at, would have been to his west, maybe southwest, and God wouldn't allow him to do that, and he wanted to go to Bithynia, which was to his northeast, and God wouldn't allow him to do that. And so God sent him to Macedonia. You'll remember the vision of the man from Macedonia. So not only is his company changing, but his location is changing because God has sent him now to a different continent. Is everybody all right? You want to talk about a true missionary, now he's going into Europe. That's what Macedonia was. Macedonia in your Bible would have been the, uh, 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 the southern part of Europe. And so he's entering into another continent, uncharted territory. People that had probably never heard the gospel, all right? And so a lot of things are changing in Paul's life. And he goes over there. Uh, uh, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, he goes over to Macedonia, he starts making his way through cities, and he comes to Philippi, and he sets up in Philippi, and he meets a woman from Thyatira, who, well, I don't know if she was from there, but she was a seller of purple there in Thyatira. The Bible says that she gets saved. And the Bible says her household gets saved when she gets baptized. And so there's confirmation. Is everybody okay? There's confirmation. God, there is big changes in his life, but there is confirmation. God is doing something, and God is showing himself relevant in that this woman, Lydia, gets saved, and now her whole household is saved, and a great work has begun in Macedonia. It goes even better because there's this little girl, this lady, I, I don't know, a damsel is what she's called in the Bible, but the Bible says she had a spirit of divination. In other words, she was a soothsayer or she was a seer. And so anyhow, Paul, uh, she's following him around and he turns around on her and she gets saved. I need somebody to say Amen. And it made a lot of people mad. How many of you know this? When God starts doing a work, the devil, he'll stir. I need somebody to help me. The devil will get mad. Amen. Uh, we were out there I, I, after the storm. I was out there in the barn, and I had a thing. Of course, we had water everywhere, and it, it was a mess. Uh, but anyhow, I got to looking around, and man, I had, I had big old wasp nests all over the place. And I just, no, I, I try my best to keep an eye on them things because we got the grandbabies around there and, and we're always up under the barn working or doing something. And so I, I try to keep an eye on all of that, but I had two big ones. And so anyhow, I, I messed around. I was thinking, what can I get them with? Can I spray some WD-40? Can I get it up there high enough? If I light it on fire, is everybody all right? I mean, that's the kind of stuff I think about, all right? I, you do whatever you think. But anyhow, uh, lo and behold, I found one of them cans of wall spray. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to get y'all. Now, if y'all know I just had surgery, so I have to plan exit strategy anytime I do something, all right, that doesn't involve me getting hurt. So anyhow, I, I, I had to get up because my barn, the pitch of my barn's way up there, so I had to climb up on something to spray this. Well, I go to climb up on something, and there's a wasp nest on it. Everybody all right? So now I got, I, I'm sitting here, I got all kind of, man, I don't know, I don't know what in the world. But anyhow, I, I, I went to spraying them. I need somebody to help me. When you go to spraying them things, they go crazy. And uh, it, it's all good. I didn't get stung. Somebody say amen. But I know this. I know that when God starts doing something, the devil, he'll stir up some hornet's nest too. He'll all of a sudden, man, there'll be some things in your life that comes that you wasn't expecting, some things in your life that are intended to cause you pain and to cause you harm, and those things will come in your life, and that's exactly what happened to Paul. So we get to this, this woman has been saved, and now all of a sudden all these people that were making money off of her and all these people that were going to her for advice and all of these other things, they're mad. So we come to verse number 22, and the Bible says, And the multitude rose up together against them. That them right there is Paul and Silas. The multitude is the place where they are at trying to minister the gospel, trying to help people. And it's the very people that they're trying to help that turn against them. Man, haven't you seen that before? It's the very people that you try to help that ends up turning against you. And the Bible says that these multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Now the magistrates and all these religious leaders and everything else, let me say this, they had a big show about them. Well, anytime something happened, all this clothes renting off and all this other stuff is nothing more than a big old show, a big old display of piety uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with God. But here they are, they show their true colors when they command people, uh, others, to beat them. Is everybody all right? I mean, when you start, when you start, hey, listen, if your idea of being a Christian is hurting somebody else, then you got the wrong idea of Christianity. And so we see the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And look at this next verse. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into a prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast, in the stocks. Here, not only, it, got, it went from bad, the, the multitude turns against them. Now the magistrates all of a sudden are commanding them to be beaten. And listen, I need everybody to hear me right here. They've done nothing wrong. They've done nothing wrong. They have absolutely done nothing that would harm humanity, nothing that would harm that particular community. They have done nothing wrong. And here they are, they're getting a, has any of y'all ever got a beating for not for, for doing nothing wrong? Praise God. All right, you got good parents, all right? Now listen, before you get all mad at your parents, understand this. Uh, uh, there was a lot of things you got away with. Can I get a witness? And God was just making up for what you got away with. And I, I remember, uh, and I've told this story in the church before, but I, I have a little stepbrother, and I, man, I ain't never around this kid. He was in Atlanta. He grew up in Atlanta. I was never around him, never around him. 
And he comes to visit us and was there less than a week and he said a cuss word and my daddy heard it, my stepdad heard it, and he beat me. And he beat the older, his older brother. He beat us both because he said he had to learn it from one of y'all. I ain't never around him. But here was a good thing about that. that was the fourth whipping I got that day, though. That lets you know how I was as a kid. All right, that was, a fourth, that was the fourth beating I had that day, if that lets you know how, how, how good of a child I was. But what I'm getting at is that I didn't deserve that one. But I probably got away with a lot more than, than, than I got whoopings for. All right, I, I ain't no problem. I know I did, all right? And we'll just keep that between us, all right? What happened back in the early part of my life stays back in the early part of my life. But here they are being punished without a cause. Can, you, can, can, can we just for a few moments get to where they are? Feel like, have you ever felt like I don't deserve what's going on? I'm going to walk over on this side. I want everybody to get with me, all right? Before we go any farther, we got to get here. Have you ever had the feeling, maybe you even said it to God, I don't deserve what I'm having to deal with right now. I don't deserve. I, I, hey, listen, I'll be the first to admit. I'll be the, I'll, I'll be the one to raise my hand. I have in prayer before said, God, I, I don't deserve this. When the truth is, I deserve hell. I need somebody to help me. But, but, but sometimes our mind don't work right. And we start thinking that we, we, we deserve something or we've earned some right. Uh, for God to stay his execution or stay his punishment on our life or whatever the case may be, not allow something to happen in our life. And we feel like everything that's being done to us is unfair. How about it? I need somebody to help me because I know I got some people in here. Somebody got their power on and they said, hey, we got our lights back. And you said, well, I ain't got mine back yet. Don't lie. Don't lie. All them things they making on social media about y'all be nice to the linemen. Quit all this negativity. It means somebody's running their mouth. Saying it ain't fair. Somebody else has got electricity, but I don't. Somebody else has this, but I don't. Is everybody right? I mean, let's all get into this place where they are at. They were in a place where what was going on to them was not fair. And things got even worse. They got beat. Well, only were they in prison, they got beat before they got thrown into the prison. And then when they're thrown into prison, they get special treatment. Not only are we going to throw you into prison, but we're going to lock your feet. Now, for most of us, when we think of prison, we... If, uh, <clears throat> for most of us, if you've ever been in one, you know that there is a toilet. Somebody say amen. There's a bed. Somebody say amen. There's TVs. May not be in their room. May not be where they can lay on the bed and watch them, but they got a TV. Matter of fact, a lot of them, they even got a place where they can go out in the yard, play, and, and, and work out, and see at least see the sunlight. Is everybody all right? But this wasn't where Paul was. They were in a pit. They were in total darkness. Oh, I know, I know. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about when I say total darkness, all right? They're in total darkness. They're in a prison that has no bathrooms. They're in a prison 
that has no, I, that has no bed. And if there was a bed, it's probably just a corner somewhere, a stone for them to sleep on. And here they are, not there because they deserve to be. Remember that. Not there because they deserve to be. They're doing a work for God. They're trying their best to spread the gospel. And here they are in prison, in the inner prison, in a pit, in the darkness, in stocks. No doubt nasty, wet, horrible conditions for any human being to be in. Over a thousand years, two thousand years ago. I mean, this was awful. And here they are in this prison. And I want you to look at verse number five, 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Now listen here, I know we ain't in no prison. And I'm thanking God for that. Amen. I need some of my fellas to say amen. I'm thanking God I ain't in no prison. And this sermon ain't about the prison. But I do want you to know that what we have experienced and what we have gone through in some people in their life, this is the biggest prison that they'll be in. They are a prison of their mind. All of a sudden they're upset with the whole world about the way things have gone. And they can't get over the fact that they don't deserve this. As I was looking at this, God gave me, gave me three points, and that's it. I'm not going to preach subpoints, but it might get longer, all right? But there was a, their prison, I want you to notice this. First off, I want you to notice their prison was temporal. Is everybody all right? Their prison was temporal. There's a lot of folks acting like uh, this storm has come through, and uh, man, our whole life, man, we ain't never going to get back to normal or nothing else. Gonna, listen, their prison was temporal. It was just a stopping point for them. It was just a looking back point for them. I need somebody to hear me. God, God was showing me some things. I read this thing, and I, I, I just believed that God was trying to slow things down in Paul's life. He was trying to slow some things down in Paul's life to get him to appreciate how good God had been to him. I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but if you go back to chapter 16, at the beginning of chapter 16, he had already in, in the end of 15 lost Barnabas, but at the beginning of chapter 16, Timothy pairs up with him. I mean, he go he leaves Barnabas. But Timothy pairs up with him. And by verse number 10 in chapter 16, we see that Luke has paired up with him. Luke being the writer of the book of Acts. Luke being the companion that Paul would have for the rest of his ministry. As a matter of fact, Paul said in the last book that he wrote, only, only Luke is with me. Right? Luke was that friend that stuck by him till the end. I need somebody to understand what I'm trying to say right now. The prison was temporal. It was just a time for God to reset some things in Paul's life. And sometimes God would allow something to happen in your life just to reset everything that's going on in your life to get you back focused on Him, to get your mind back focused on Him. And I believe that this was the exact place that Paul and Silas was in. I believe this is the exact place that you and I are in. This prison is temporal. 
This too shall pass. We're going to the other side. I need somebody to help me. And we're going to be stronger and better than when we went into this thing. Their prison was temporal. But I want you to notice number two, their praise was vocal. Oh, oh, the Bible says that they prayed and sang praises. Now, for some of y'all, y'all are thinking already, yeah, they silent prayed. But I don't believe that they did. I believe that they called out to God at the top of their lungs, and when they got finished calling out to God, they broke out singing praises. Because the Bible says the prisoners heard them. That means everybody else that was in the same place that they are heard them. That means that those that were in better situations like the prison guard heard them. In other words, what I'm trying to let you know is somebody needs to hear you in this. And they don't need to hear your drama. They don't need to hear your complaint. They don't need to hear your pity party. They don't need to hear about how your God done you wrong. They don't need to hear about how you should be done better. What they need to hear is that there is a God in heaven who loves you. And bless God in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the darkest hour, they hear singing from you. Their praises were vocal. It's time for Christians to quit being silent. It's time, it's time for the silent worshiper to go get in the car and go back to the house because you don't know the God that I know. Because if you know the God that I know, then you can't stay silent about the God that I know. He's a God that'll come to you when everybody else has abandoned you. He's a God that'll show up when there's no power and show you power like you've never seen before. He's a God that'll comfort you when nobody else is there to put their arm around you. He's a God that'll be there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's time for some Christians to be vocal about it. Their praises were vocal. Amen. Their prison was temporal. Their praises were vocal. But their purpose was supernatural. Oh, oh, their purpose was supernatural. See, they was in this prison for a reason. Because there was a prison guard. There was a prison keeper. And he was sitting in there. And the Bible says that as they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them, the next verse says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. <laughs> so that, I need somebody to help me. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Man, God shows up. I need somebody to help me. I need, I'm, I'm just going to say this and this will help y'all. Y'all listen, listen real good. God will show up in your praises. Not in your complaints and murmurs. And hey, it's bad. I get it. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to diminish what went on at your house. I don't need all the details no more. And you need all the details that went on at my house. But know this: God is interested in your praise and in your prayers, and not that interested in your murmuring and your complaints. There was a purpose, and their purpose was supernatural. 
They didn't understand why they had to go through this. They didn't understand why they were in this predicament. But the Bible says because they were... Look at verse number 27. And the keeper of the prison and awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing all the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, everybody, mm, mm, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? In other words, whatever you got, I want it. That's what he was saying. Whatever you got, I need it. Whatever you got, I want it. There's too many people. There's too many people out there that need to know about God. But Christians are being silent. The only thing that they're hearing from us is complaints and murmuring. Somebody needs to throw a prayer out over our community and sing praises to God and show them that there is a God. There is a God that'll walk you through the fire. There is a God that'll walk on water. There is a God that'll stand out in the middle of the storm and speak Peace, be still. There is a God. He says, sir, what must I do to be saved? That day the Bible says he got saved. Not only did he get saved, but his whole family got saved. Oh, I need somebody to help me. They all got baptized. They all ate together. Matter of fact, the one that beat them is now washing them. The one that did all this pain and all this to him is now, now loving on him, washing him, cleaning his wounds, taking care of them, feeding them. Everybody all right? Their purpose was supernatural. I don't know why. I ain't even, I don't even, listen. Don't listen to anybody that tells you they know why. I don't know why our community went through this at the time that we did. But what I do know is that if we will get vocal, if we will get vocal and we'll sing out praises to God in the middle of this mess, our community will hear us. And we'll find that in this midnight hour, God will help shed light on their needs, Amen. eternal needs. Are you doing that today? Do you find yourself murmuring and complaining more than you are praising? I remember me and Michelle, we first got married, and this, this is really for the younger folks. We, we had, we had, we lived out, 30 miles from town. Basically like, I mean not like we are now, we lived farther out, but we lived in the middle of nowhere and when power went out, storm come through, <clears throat> it could be weeks. I remember the ice storm, 93, 92, 93, the ice storm, I'm looking for my wife and she's up there. 92, 93, the ice storm, out power three weeks. Just a mess. But we made it through. I remember me and my wife, I need somebody to help me right here. 
we were complaining about no cell phone. I told Michelle, I, said, I can't even call anybody under check on anybody. We didn't have nothing. But I can remember when we had one of them rotary phones. I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to help me. Now, some of y'all might remember a little bit farther back than that, but I promise you this, you get close to God on a rotary phone because if you messed up, you had to go all the way back to the beginning. I can remember picking up the phone. I'd pick up the phone, and they'd be somebody on it. Is everybody all right? We didn't have our own phone. We had what they call a party line. And I happened to be on the party line with Michelle's crazy aunt. She was the gossip, not only of Brantley County, but of Wayne County, of all the church. I need somebody to help me. She was never, ever off the phone. I don't care if you had to call 911. You had to ask Miss Vicky to shut up and get off the phone. She's probably watching and cussing me right now. And anyhow, but she ain't cussing me. I promise you that. She, she, she saved as she can be. But anyhow, it, it, it was some rough times. Can I get a witness? And we made it. I remember other people around us having generators. We went, me and Michelle, $8 an hour, couldn't afford no generator. In a single wide trailer when the storms come through. Nobody coming to, I need somebody to help me. But God Amen. was faithful. And God has been faithful. Listen, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there's been worse times than this. And God was faithful through them. And he'll be faithful now. Trust God through this whole thing. Let's put our hands in the air and praise God. Let's worship God for who he is and what he's done in our lives. And let's quit all the drama and complaining. If you need something, let us know. Man, we got people on standby. I got people calling me. Hey, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And every time we reach out and try to help somebody, they say, no, we don't need anything. I appreciate that. But if you need something, Listen here, we're a phone call away. We got people ready and, and able to help, but you got you to gotta let us help. Let, don't, I like that. Don't be proud. Let us help. Let us be a blessing. Let us try to be a blessing to you. But in the meantime, I need somebody to help me right here. Let's get out of this pity party and let's worship God. They're going to sing, and we're going to worship, and we're going to tear the building down. Is everybody all right? Now, listen, we got insurance. It's all good, all right? If the wall falls down, it'll be good. It's all still building. I mean, the wall can fall. The building will still stay up. Nobody, don't worry about the roof caving in on you, all right? Been a lot of worse people than you come in here. I need somebody to help me. If God let me stand up here, then y'all are all right, okay? I promise you. But let's worship the Lord and let's sing. Let's sing praises to the Lord. They're going to sing for us.
I'll never be more loved than 